All right, everybody, uh, welcome to today's webinar. It looks like we've got a few more people joining, so thank you so much for participating. And let me know if you cannot hear me or cannot see the screen. So um, today's webinar is going to, we're going to be recording this. Um, yesterday we did a webinar on the coronavirus relief as it relates to 401k loans. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the coronavirus, specifically CARES Act relief as it relates to distributions from solo 401k plans. So uh, certainly there's been some significant changes uh, that's gonna, that'll be available at least temporarily under that act. And we wanted to spend some time to go through it. Um, please ask questions in the chat and uh, yeah, let's connect as well. So please subscribe to the channel for future notifications of webinars and notification of this webinar because it is going to be recorded and posted later on our YouTube channel. So let's dive into it. So let's see here. Okay, so first off, what are those relief provisions for distributions? So there's two that we're going to go through here. So the first one is going to be that you can now take up to a $100,000 distribution potentially under the act and you you are there's going to be you don't have to satisfy any additional triggering event the 10% early distribution penalty is waived which would generally apply if you were under age 59 and a half the 20% withholding that would usually apply to a distribution you also have the option to waive that so um, you can even defer the taxes either spread it out over three years or maybe even avoid it uh, fully if you pay back the amount of the distribution within three years. So all of this is a way to get money into hands of folks who are impacted by COVID-19. Um, another additional relief under the heading of distributions is gonna be the fact that the required minimum distribution requirement for 2020 has been waived. So we'll talk about the details of that as well. So who gets relief? So if we're talking about the penalty-free distribution of up to $100,000, that only applies to a qualified individual. So not everybody can necessarily take it. There's sometimes if you're reading the articles about it, you might jump to the, this $100,000 potentially penalty-free distribution and skip over that in the rules, you have to be a qualified individual. So you've either got to be um, you know, diagnosed with COVID-19 using a CDC approved test or have a spouse or dependent who has gotten the disease um, or you've a, a, there's a general more um, expansive um, way to qualify would be if you've experienced adverse financial consequences of being quarantined, being furloughed, laid off, having your hours work of work reduced, uh, unable to get childcare, uh, maybe your business that's has been impacted so it, it's not something that you need to proactively provide in advance in order to take the distribution but you don't want to lose sight of that you want to keep record of the fact that you do qualify so how much can i withdraw so the rules are going to allow you to take up to a hundred thousand dollars from eligible retirement plans May between January 1st and December 31st of this year. And if you're taking from multiple plans, you need to aggregate. So you could take, say, 
60 from an IRA, maybe 40 for a, from a solo 401k. So the eligible retirement plans are going to be your solo 401ks and other qualified plans like a day job 401k, 403b, 457b, and IRAs. So, and like I mentioned at the outset, there is no additional triggering event required. Like, for example, if you have a 401k with your current employer and you're under 59 and a half and all the money that you saved in that plan, you saved while working at your current employer, you, you are not going to be able to typically take money out of that plan. So there usually has to be a triggering event. But here, having being a qualified individual under the act now is considered to be a triggering event. So there's no additional um, prerequisite that you need to satisfy in order to be able to take advantage of this, of these uh, penalty-free distributions here. And again, please don't hesitate to ask questions in the chat. Um, we'll be answering here live um, and in person. So. So what about taxes, penalties, and withholding? So let's start with the with the baseline. So if you have somebody who doesn't qualify, right? How the, the pre-existing rules here. So if you're um, if you do meet a trigger an event, you're under 59 and a half, and you take a distribution from your solo 401k, you you're going to have to pay a penalty, a 10% penalty, unless you can demonstrate some type of hardship, for example. Um, you're going to have to do a 20% withholding. So if you take $10,000 out of your solo 401k, you got to send $2,000 by the 15th of the month following the distribution to Uncle Sam as a, as a withholding. You got to report the full $10,000 as income, pay the 10% penalty, and include that $10,000 in your income for the year of the distribution. So that's the, that's the baseline. So what changed if you now are a qualified individual? Well, now you can waive the withholding requirement, the 20% withholding requirement. They've actually changed it to a default 10%, but give you the option to waive it. So you don't have to, if you take 10,000 out, you don't have to send any money to Uncle Sam by the 15th of the month following the date of the distribution. If you're under 59 and a half, you also don't have to pay the 10% penalty. So that, that has been waived the early distribution penalty. Now that income is still going to be considered income, but there's additional benefits under the act. So number one, the income can be spread out over three years. And in addition to that, you even have the option to pay it back. So if you pay it back to a qualified, or I should say an eligible retirement plan, which would be, which would include the, plan that it, the money came from, like your solo 401k or an IRA, um, and you do so within three years following the, within three years of the date following the date that you took the distribution. So within three years and a day, then you don't have to pay income tax on any of that money. Now, if you, let's say you do that in year three, right? and you've been paying income tax on it in year one and year two, you could go back and file an amended tax return to recover those taxes paid. And now let's say that you took the money from a pre-tax sub-account. So let's say you've got a solo 401k with pre-tax money and Roth money, and you took, say, the distribution, you qualified as a qualified individual, you took the distribution from your pre-tax account. 
you got to pay it back to your pre-tax account or to a traditional IRA. You can't put it into a Roth. So it's got to be like to like. So we've got some good questions here in the, um, in the chat. Thank you so much for asking those questions. This is the last slide on this topic. So let's go over some of these questions before we move on to our next topic, which is required minimum distributions, RMDs, and the waivers under the act there. So the first question I see here is for a solo 401k, is 59 and a half the minimum age to take distributions normally before CARES? Yes, that's generally how it works. Of course, there's exceptions, but you know, like if you rolled over money, for example, from a pre-existing retirement account, you could always take out the rollover funds, but generally, so that this would um, avoid all that. So even if you're under 59 and a half, even if the money's in your current plan, you normally couldn't take it out. If you are a qualified individual, here's a way that the government is saying you can access that money. And the same person had a follow-up question. Let me jump, let me address that before we go on to the next one. So if you are, the person is saying I'm 62 now, so I could actually take distributions without penalty today. Yes, that's correct. Because you're over 59 and a half. So really here, the benefit is not having the early distribution penalty waived for that type of individual. But the benefit is now that if you are a qualified individual, you can avoid the withholding. You can avoid the... Uh, you could spread out the taxes and maybe even avoid it if you end up paying it back within three years, essentially an interest-free loan. Okay, I've got some other good questions coming in. Let's see. I think uh, folks are chiming in to help answer that question. So appreciate all the chats. So we say uh, on the payback, quick question, George, on the payback, does it have to be above what is normally contributed? So I think that that question is essentially asking, we're talking about, I'm gathering that we're, you're asking about contribution rules and how it relates here. So this is a totally separate and apart because remember, you don't even have to pay it back to the solo 401k. So you could be making contributions from your self-employment income to the plan you know, and at the same time, now you've taken one of these CARES Act penalty-free distributions and you want to pay it back. You could pay it back to the solo. You could pay it back to a IRA if you do it within three years of the day of the date that you took the distribution. Um, and that's a totally different calculation. So it's not going to impact your ability to contribute. It's not considered a contribution, et cetera. What it's like, it's like a 60-day rollover. You know, the concept of being able to take money out of an IRA and then pay it back within 60 days. Now it's essentially a three year and a day rollover in the sense that you take it out and you put it back into an eligible retirement plan within the time frame. So here someone's asking, what is the amount that can be taken from the solo 401k as a distribution? So if you qualify under the rules here, you can take up to $100,000 as a distribution. Okay, good question. You've got another question here. Does the distribution have to be cash or could it be stock of $100,000 of value? That's a good question. I think they, um, it's got to be cash. So if you really look at the language of the act, 
and you take a step back and think about the legislative intent here, the idea is that you know people are being economically impacted by the virus. They need money, so you know you're not going to be able to pay your groceries right with stock. So the language talks about amount. It doesn't talk about in-kind distribution. So I think both the language as well as the really the legislative intent here would not support taking an in-kind distribution of stock. Another question. Do I just designate deposits into my solo 401k as payback, just like we do now with loans? Yes, you want to keep good records of this, obviously to demonstrate that you met the time frame, that you met the amount and, uh, and notated accordingly. I think the way you describe it there is great. Okay, follow-up question back to the individual who was um, who's over 59 and a half. So he's asking, so the question for me, is it better to take a distribution now or alone as is discussed on yesterday's webinar. Well, obviously that, you know, it's gonna, not everyone's gonna have the same answer to that good question. I mean, that's a great question, but you know, some people might view it differently. I would say the, um, you know, one thing to consider is do you really, I mean, the good thing about taking the distribution here, the, the penalty-free distribution that we've been talking about today, as opposed to taking a loan, is that you, you actually have three years, you could pay it back and um, it's not gonna be considered a distribution. But, you know, so in other words, you could take the $100,000 now, not make any payments for three years in a day, then pay back the $100,000 and it's not considered to be, it's not, there's no penalty, it's not subject to, um, well, it's already not gonna be a penalty because you're over 59 and a half, but it's not, it's, you're gonna be able to recover all those income taxes. Now, of course, you you would have to have been paying income taxes on three years, but that's really what you're paying. As opposed to a loan, if you take the loan like we talked about yesterday, you don't have to make any payments this year, but you're going to have to start making payments in 2021. So part of it is when do you think you're going to be able to pay it back, if that's really the goal here. So here we go, another follow-up question on how we record all this. So just keep separate deposit record. Yes, I would definitely want to do it as a separate deposit. Like I wouldn't make one deposit that includes your contributions and the payback. That way it's going to be easy to see in the records, you know, which corresponds to which amount. You know, one is your contributions, two is paying back your COVID distribution. Okay, another great question here. So just confirming, I'm just reading it quickly here. I'm 52 and a half and want to take a $27,000 distribution for my Roth 401k under CARES. I do not have to pay taxes since I already did. and do not have to pay back the distribution. So the that's a great question. So really when we're talking about taking money from a Roth 401k, you're talking about really... Um, not a qualified Roth distribution. So when you take a non-qualified Roth distribution from a 401k, you're taking both your basis as well as the gain. So the gain is where you would normally have to pay penalty and taxes, right? So presumably part of the $27,000, only, only a fraction of that $27,000 is going to be considered gain. So Clear, that's clearly that's under the hundred thousand dollars. So 
the part of that's really the gain, the, the gain portion of the $27,000 would need to be analyzed under these rules. So you, do you qualify? If yes, then you don't have to would, would do any withholding on the gain. You don't have to pay taxes on the gain. You don't have to pay penalty on the gain. And then you could even pay it back and um, avoid the taxes. So it, excuse me, I, I think I may have misstated that. You don't have to pay a penalty. You don't have to do withholding, but you would potentially have to pay taxes, but you could avoid it if you paid back, paid it back within three years. Hopefully that answers that good question there. So, so he says, if we amend our tax return, do we have to support, show any supporting document documentation? Will it flag our return or look suspicious? Um, I would say uh, you definitely want to have supporting documentation. You know, they just came out with this act, so things are moving quickly. I would anticipate that there's going to be additional guidance. Um, so in that guidance, they may want you to make some type of additional notation on your return. But certainly, um, you know, you want to keep good records of all that, that you met the, um, you know, the deadline, the three year, three year and a day deadline, et cetera. But I would not anticipate that it's going to look uh, suspicious. I mean, this is something that's being actively encouraged under the law. So. So you said if you qualify to take a distribution, what are the qualification requirements? Great. So, yes, I'm glad you noted that. So let's go back to the prior slide here. So who gets relief? So the idea here is that you need to um, have been really impacted by COVID-19, either because you have it, your spouse or dependent has it, or you've been a, you've suffered adverse financial consequences. So you you don't have to proactively demonstrate that in order to take advantage of the distribution, but you don't want to lose sight of that. You want to keep good records of that in case there's any question down the road. Okay, great question here. So. Um, if I took a loan out la last year, can it can be converted? Can it be converted to a distribution this year? Um, good question. So uh, the answer is no. So I mean that you can't uh, later on just you just can't convert a loan to a distribution. So the there is relief though based on yesterday's slide, yesterday's webinar, then the slides we did went through yesterday. So if you have an outstanding loan, you can at least suspend payments that are due between March 27th when the act, when the law was enacted and the end of this year um, until 2021. So you can at least suspend those payments. So there is some relief for you, but you can't convert it to a distribution. Okay, thanks for the positive feedback. So I think we came to the end of those good questions. So with that let's keep going and talk about the next topic so now we're going to talk about waiver of required minimum distributions so the key thing to understand here off the bat is that we're not limited to qualified individuals so um think about the fact that um how the how required minimum distributions work is that Essentially, there's under the rules, they're saying once you get to a certain age, which they recently actually raised the age under the SECURE Act, but once you get to a certain age, you have to start taking money out of your 401k because really Uncle Sam wants to tax that money, right? You might have earned that money on a tax deferred basis for your whole life. Now you've reached a certain age, even though you might not need it now, 
they want to tax it. So they're going to say, well, you got to start taking a little bit out, you know, every year, a required minimum distribution. And the way that they calculate that um, the amount that you have to take out, it's really a snapshot based on the value of the plan as of the end of the year. So what the policymakers, you know, what they're viewing is that, well, if for the average person, right, if they have their money and it's really tied to the Dow Jones, right, like saying it's a, you know, an index fund or something, you know, the value of their account as of December 31st of 2019 is a lot higher than it is now, right? So like if your value of your account went down 30%, now you're really taking out a bigger, a much bigger chunk, relatively speaking, out of that account. And so the idea here is that people who got impacted by that really were not necessarily people, everyone, maybe everyone has been impacted in that in that sense, or at least a much bigger part of the population, as opposed to limiting it to people that have just been impacted by the virus. So with that in mind, they waived all the RMDs due in 2020. So let's talk about what that means. Um, so the, and I see some more good questions coming in. Let's talk, let me just go through this slide and we'll go back to those questions. So um, number one, you might have an RMD, your first RMD that was attributable to 2019, but due on April 1st of 2020. So for example, if you turn 70 and a half in 2019, when you take that first RMD, they give you a little bit more time to take it, right? Normally it's due by the end of the year, but if it's your first one, they give you till April. So if you were a procrastinator, you know, if, you know, or if you just didn't take it, right? For you took advantage of the rules and you just didn't take it until 2020, or if you haven't even taken it yet, you don't have to take it. It's been waived under the CARES Act. Now, if you already took it, before December 31st of 2019, you know, going back, I think, to the underlying logic here, well, you really haven't been impacted by the drop in the Dow. Um, there's no relief under the act. You can't go back and somehow undo that. So, but if you haven't taken it and you were supposed to take your first one this year, um, or you did take it this year, but you took it this year in 2020, there is relief for you under the act. And then everybody else who's RMD would be due this year, whether you're, you know, you know, 70 and a half last year, or you're in your 80s or, or greater, um, you do not have to take the RMD this year. Now, if you are the type of, you know, if you've already taken your RMD in 2020, a lot of people wait until the end of the year because they want it to build up, you know, throughout the whole year. But if you've already taken the RMD in 2020, there is relief for you. What it provides for is that you can roll over that money to an IRA or a qualified plan and defer the taxation. So if you haven't yet taken it, it's due in 2020, it's been waived. If you've already taken it, you can you can roll it over within 60 days to an IRA or a qualified plan and defer taxation. And again, if you were supposed to take your first one by April 1st of this year and you haven't taken it yet, you know, there's relief for you under the act. And then also the other note here is that the waiver is also going to apply to required minimum distribution payments to beneficiaries of descendant accounts or descendant accounts. Thank you. So, okay, great. Let's turn back to these good chat questions. So, okay. Can I do both a loan as discussed yesterday and a distribution? You certainly can, you know, subject to qualifying. 
right? You got to be a qualified individual. So the person is asking a question more along the lines of um, another good question here, asking about what it means to qualify. So, you know, of course, it's always going to depend on the facts and circumstances. And, you know, all we really have are the what's at this point, what's in the act, right? I mean, there might be additional guidance from the IRS. It might be prudent to wait for that guidance um, is one uh, thought that I have. Um, again, you want to have good records. You know what that might mean for one person you know like if if for example in this question if that is like a big source of your income you know maybe that is more justifiable whereas if really if it's you know you know relatively speaking not a big source of your income you know it's it's a little bit more difficult to say the this has been an adverse financial consequence so hopefully that helps you think through that that question Another follow-up, you said that even though we don't have to show proof of impact to keep good records, what kind of records would we keep? Well, I guess it depends on what your basis is, right? Like if you have been impacted, if you've actually gotten the disease, you know, obviously, hopefully if you are on the mend and all that good stuff, it's terrible. But the, but that would, from a records perspective, that'd be a lot easier. You would just keep a record of the test. Um, if it's going to be more of you're trying to get under the fact that you've suffered adverse financial consequences that's where it's going to go back to depending on those facts and circumstances i mean has your business gone from a hundred to zero you know that's or has it gone from you know a hundred to ninety right so um what i would suggest maybe just thinking practically here um is you just do your best and you gather records and you maybe write a memo to the file to show that you you know, this was something that you really thought through and you, um, you know, are keeping records of your thought process. It's not something you just took advantage without thinking it through. Okay, please don't hesitate to ask any more questions in the webinar. We'll stay on here for a couple more moments or as long as people have questions. And with that said, um, I would also, again, encourage you to connect, you know, please subscribe on YouTube. Um, and uh, please look out for more of these types of webinars. We're going to be doing these regularly um, as, we as we have in the past. And we appreciate everyone taking the time to join. And please stay safe out there. And uh, thank you. Thank you again.